We will be studying Hilchot Shabbat, chapter 19, This chapter is going to be the last chapter which deals with um, taking in and out of, from public domain to private domain and vice versa. Um, and from after this chapter, we'll be see. We'll see. Um, so, Halacha Aleph. Any instruments of war are not to be taken out with, uh, are not to be taken out on Shabbat. However, if the person went out with the instruments of war, if there were things, if there were instruments of war which people normally wear, like um, different armor, armories and, and, uh, and helmets and boots of war, for war, etc. He is patur. However, if he left with kelim that are not normally used to wear, um, like a spear or a sword or a bone arrow or a round alain uh, teris um, or two types of shields, alai is a round shield, teris is a um, triangular shield, he is haya. Halacha bit. It is forbidden to go out with a sandal that is nailed, that is nails on the bottom. And Harambam in the, in the Perusha Mishnayot describes, speaks about this. He says that in the days of the Romans, um, there were people hiding in caves. And they heard, there were Jews hiding in caves from the Romans. And they heard people with sandals, with masmerim on them, with um, uh, sandals with nails on, the, on, their, on their soles, on their outsoles. And they were sure this, these were the Roman soldiers coming to kill them so they started killing one another because they did not want um, to fall into the hands of the Romans and since then Hachamim forbade going out with a sandal misumar even in hall even on regular days it is forbidden to go outside with a nailed sandal sandals with nails on the outside of the bottom of the sole of the shoe if these nails are made to strengthen the sandal and even on Yom Tov, the, the person is not allowed to go outside with them. And it is mutar to go out with a sash that has different types of emblems of gold, silver, etc. Because this is for jewelry purposes and any types of jewels are mutarim. And this is all on condition. This is on condition that these jewels that are emblemed, whatever sash or cloth that he's wearing, are um, sufficiently connected to the cloth so that they don't fall in the shuter abim and then um, cause him to maybe um, walk with them for amot in the shuter abim. Halacha gima. Tabaat sheyesh aleichotam mitachshitayish. A ring that has a stamp on it is from the jewelry from the jewels of men and not from the jewels of women and vice versa and a ring that does not have a stamp on it is from the jewels of women and not from the jewels of men now i must mention these halachot um in terms in regard to wearing and things that people wear are halachot that were based on the dress code of the days of the Talmud and the days of Haramba. Um, maybe today, 
some of these halachot are different. I'm not going to get into that. Um, but the main rule guiding all of these halachot is that things that most that people usually go outside with, either for jewelry or for purposes of wearing, and these are things that most people do go outside with, like a, a hat, like a baseball hat. This is something most people go outside with, right? Uh, which is not most, people, which is normal for people to go outside with, according to the dress codes of our time, is mutar on Shabbat. I'm not making pesach halacha, and to see on today's types of clothing, um, you are more than welcome to look at the more, more modern halacha books, which have in them all of today's possible scenarios. But these things are in regard to one of Bam's days, and and we're going to read it and. Uh, many of these things are halakha lemaaseh to our days, and tabat is one of those things that might be halakha lemaaseh. I'm not sure. I'm not going to make a pesach. So tabat sheyesh aleh. So a tabat that does not have a chotam, a ring that does not have a stamp, is from jewelries of women and not from jewelries jewelry of of men. Lefichach and therefore isha sheyasat betabat sheyesh aleh chotam, veish sheyasat betabat sheyen aleh chotam hayavim. Therefore, a man that went a woman that went out with a tabat. With a ring that does that does have a stamp, and a man that went out with a ring that does not have a stamp, are hayavim because these are not jewelry that it is a custom, customary for these people for men and women to go out with. Why are they hayavim? Um, they took it out, not like most people take things out. We said. That in order to be hayav, in order to be liable for taking out from one domain to another, you must take it out like most people take out. Like the people take out. So when you take out a, a ring, if it's a man taking out a woman's ring, this is not the normal way to take it out. I mean, that's that's what intuition would say. Because men and women are only custom, it's customary for men and women to go out with a ring that is proper for them, not a ring that is improper for them, and therefore they should be peturim, not hayavim. And Harabam explains, because because sometimes a man will give his ring, his ring, his man's ring, his male ring, um, to the woman to put in the house. And then she will put it on her finger in order to carry it with her so she doesn't drop it, etc. And therefore, it is customary for women to walk with these rings. Also, also, and that's why if a woman walks with a man's ring, she's high of it because women sometimes do walk with men's rings, even though it's not something they wear. That's why they're hayav. And sometimes when a woman will give a ring to the man to take to the jeweler to fix, he will put it on his finger until he reaches the jeweler. And it ends up that they are taking it out in a way which is customary for these rings to be taken out. However, these rings are not rings that most people wear, and that, that men wear if it's a woman's ring, and then women wear if it's a men's ring, and therefore they are hayavim, they are liable for their extraction of these rings. Now, we're told, we were speaking before about liability from the Torah. Now we're speaking about liability from hachanim, uh, what we usually call paturin of Chot Shabbat. A woman should not go out 
from Rishuta Yahit Rishuta Rabin with a ring, even with a ring that does not have a hotam on it, even though it's part of it's customary for women to wear these jewels. How come? Gezerah. It was a gezerah, a extra rule of hachamim prescribed by the sages. We are um, scared that perhaps the woman will take out the ring while she's in the Shut Rabim, take off her ring to show it to her friends, to show how beautiful the ring is, and then she might walk with it for Amot and Neshut Rabim, and, and thus be liable from the Torah for her action. Therefore, it is asur, it is not permitted to, for a woman even to go out with a ring that is customary for women to wear. However, if she went out with this ring, she is petura. Abal Ha'ish, and the man. Now, men are allowed to go out with taba'ot to have a, with the rings that are customary for men because most men do not take off the rings to show to their fellow mates. However, the minhag, that Rambam is saying, is to not go out with rings at all. And I will explain this minhag because it is a little unclear what he means, vinahagu. Um, it's either it's asur or it's muta. Minhagi means the custom is that people don't go out with rings at all. That men don't go with rings at all. But, but we just said it's muta. We said it's allowed. So why is he saying, why was the custom to not go out with rings at all? Um, There's a statement of Rabbi in the Gemara, which um, from that statement, it comes out that um, uh, Rava was scared Rabbah um, does not permit men to go out with rings why because he is scared that the man will take his ring off in the Shuta Rabim in the public domain to gift his wife and walk with it for Amot in order to give it to his wife so Rabbah did not permit this however the halakha the Talmud was meaning the last decision in the Talmud was seemingly that men may walk with the rings in the Shuta Rabim. however in the days of the Geonim people nevertheless the minhag was the custom was the custom spread and this is a custom that is based that has its basis it has roots the custom spread that men um, um that people would um uh, so to speak um uh, go by ravaz ravaz um uh, isur by what ravaz um, uh, prohibition even though this wasn't the official this wasn't what we call akaradin this wasn't the official law they would go a little extra just to be um so to speak careful because of Rabah's statement now we don't do this every time every statement every humrah that it says in the talmud however this was one that spread as a custom and the geonim speak about this um and anybody that wants to look in depth can look in masech shabbat um and i don't even need to give sources as the sources are so easy to find using the nafs ekelim of a woman that goes out from reshut to reshut with a needle that is that has a hole in it, a needle that has a hole in it is liable, and the man is patur. And a man that goes out with a needle that does not have a hole in it is hayav. But the Isha, the woman, is Petura. Um, the woman is Petura to go out with this needle 
um, because it is from her, her types of jewelry, the type of jewelry women wear, and she is not disallowed from going out with this only, um, she's disallowed from going out with this only because of a gezerah that she might show it to her friends. Therefore, hachamim forbade her from going out with this. And also the males were peturim for taking out a mahat nikuvah because this was a, a mahat that the tailors would walk with and this was something males used to go out with um, as some type of something that was connected to their clothing. It wasn't exactly a form of clothing, but it was, so to speak, they would have it in their clothing. Um, nevertheless, the male is patur. They are all are prohibited from taking it out, whether from derabanan or from deoraita. Um, and this is hakela. Anybody, and he's giving us the guiding rule for all these chapters. Anybody who goes out with something that is not from his jewels and is not from his clothing, or the clothing that are customary in his time, and he took it out, like most people take out that object, he is liable for doing that. However, somebody goes out with something that is from his jewels. But it was, in a, it was connected to him in a flimsy manner. For instance, for example, a ring that is large on somebody, which could fall off easily. Well, we said rings are not allowed anyway. Um, earrings um, or some sort of uh, um, emblems on the clothing that may fall off very easily. There's a chance that if it falls, the person will pick it up and walk with it for a mot and a shudarabi, which is asur. And also, jewels that usually most women take off and show off to their to their friends. All of the, these mentioned are peturin, so they are asurin midirabanan. Any jewel that does not fall, that is not on any flimsy way, like earrings for a woman, etc., and emblems that are properly um, tied onto the clothing, that are in a firm manner connected to the clothing, are Mutar to go out with them on Shabbat. Therefore, a bracelet that the women, that the people put, the, the females put on their arms or their legs, you may, the woman may go out with them on Shabbat because this is, it's a jewel and it's a jewel that they don't usually take off the show to their friends. Therefore, it is Mutar. And this is in condition that it is not on in a flimsy way in which it can fall off. Anything of this type. And this rule is a very important rule, um, which is a, simply a guideline rule for this whole chapter. A woman may not go out with strings of, of uh, with um, uh, wool strings or linen strings or with the whatever leather, you know, band she uses to, to put on her hair. Why? Because these strings or bands that she puts in her hair are hosesin for tevilah. They are, the woman has to take them off if she wants to do a ritual tevilah, a ritual um, bath. And therefore, there's a chance that she might take them off and carry them with her in the Shut Rabbim. Um, and therefore, she's not allowed to go out with them at all. And also, she's not allowed to go with uh, to go out with a forehead decoration that she puts usually on her forehead, 
Why? Because this is something that may come off, fall off, and she, or she may take it off to show to her friends. Also, now with they would have this some sort of forehead decoration, not a headband, but some sort of band that would go on her forehead, and coming out of it, excuse me, coming out of it would be so to speak, golden um, uh, plates of sorts. That would be this was like custom jewelry of the time. She wouldn't be able to go out with this um, when they wouldn't be tied one up to another well and strong because they could come off but if they're tied strong if they're sewed one to another then there's a chance then she will not take them off and they're firmly on her face also not with what they call Yerushalayim in the Mishnah it was a gold um, a gold like jewel that she would put on her head like a headband um, she's not allowed to go out with that because she may take it off as we said for the previous reasons also, she, they may not go out with um, these. They used to put these bands around the legs that would, um, uh, so to speak, constrain the speed in which they would walk um, to, to to be more feminine. Um, because all of these, because they may fall off, and then she will carry them in the public domain, which is asul. A woman may not go out with a necklace that is on her neck. Not with nose rings. And also not with the shem and hamor, the musk oil. They would tie a little um, container of musk oil on her arm. To, for, on, the woman would tie uh, this thing, the musk oil on their arm for good smell. And also not with a small little pocket of good Smelling incense, is what they call which makes her look like she has a lot of hair. Also, not with a um, kabul of semer. Uh, we said a kabul is a um, type of necklace, uh, uh, um, uh, a, like some sort of necklace type of thing. Um, that she would put around her face. It would be like some uh, type of uh, um, like a veil that she would put on her face. And not with a um, tooth um, that she would put as a, uh, a fake tooth to put in the place of a tooth that fell out. And also not with a gold tooth that she would put on a darkened tooth. Or a dome she has now on red that she has on her uh, some red uh, implement on her teeth. However, a silver tooth, silver colored, uh, silver that she would put on her on her dark, dark and ruined teeth. A woman put on their dark and ruined teeth is mutar because it is not uh, extra visible and she won't maybe take it out to show it to her friends. All these are forbidden because so that made the woman. Will not take them off and carry them in the Shvira Bim to show them to her friends. Anything that we said, the people are not allowed to exit with them from private to public domain, they are also not allowed to exit with them into a Haser that is not Me'orev, into a um, yard that is not that does not have Eruv, and we will speak more, and we spoke about Hilchot Eruvin, that has to be what's called an Eruv. To allow, which is a halachic, um, the halachic condition allowing people to take out to a um, uh, joint, ter uh, joint terrace or 
um, uh, yard. Um, so all these things, you're not allowed to even go out to a place that is not, to a hasira that is not me'ored. Hos, except, mikabulu fi'ashil se'ar. For the veil, this um, wool veil that we spoke about, and the wig, because the, so the woman may exit with these on them so that they do not um, uh, become of, of disgust or detestment um, in the eyes of their husband. And somebody who exits from private to public domain or vice versa with a palaiton, even if this little container does not have any of the oil, the musk oil in it, um, she is hayabit. Halakha a woman may exit from reshut to reshut with um, uh, strings of hair that are tied on her. In other words, strings that are made of hair that are tied on her hair, on her head, because these are things that are not chosesin in tevila, and therefore she has no need to take them off. Um, and there's no fear that she'll take them off and walk with them for the shoot and for Amot and Shudar Abim. Therefore, we, we are not scared that she might walk with it in public domain. Whether the strings whether the hair was of her own hair, or it was hair of a friend, or it was hair of an animal. However, an older, an elderly woman may not go out with the hair of a younger woman. Because this type of hair, there's a chance that she may take it off and show it to her friends to show how beautiful it to show. However, a younger girl may go out with the hair of an older woman because this is not something that she will show off to her friends. And anything that is weaved, any type of hair that is weaved, like, weaved in a way like a hat, she may go out with it because this is already clothing. A woman may go out with the strings that are around her neck for purpose of jewelry or clothing because these are not um, tightly bound around the neck for obvious reasons and therefore they are not in regard to Tebila so we're not afraid she'll take them off. However, if they were colored, she is prohibited to take them out. She met her for the chance that she may show it to her friends. And a woman may go out with a jewel of gold that is on her head because only important women go out with this and therefore um, most the, a woman that is going out with this will not show it to her friends because it's not of her stature. A woman of her stature would not show this the way the world was that women of, of a high stature would not like take off jewelry to show to their friends. And women may go out with um, the forehead decoration, or um, as we previously explained, or the hayam these like the um, uh, so to speak bangles coming down. Um, if as long as they are um, weaved into her head covering. Um, because then they will not fall, and we're not afraid that she may carry them for Ammot and Rashut Rabbi. Halakha Yud Alif. Yosei Aisha Bemokshe Beoznah. A woman may go out with a cotton ball, or moch is any type of cotton type of cotton ball or something like that. 
um, which is in her ear. For, for medicinal purposes, as long as it, is, as it is tied to her ear. Also, with, the, with this um, cotton ball that is in her sandal, to um, for whatever purpose it may be, it would usually be to make it more comfortable or to make the sandal fit better, as long as it's tied to the sandal. Also, a cotton ball that she put for her nida, um, even though even if it is not tied, even if it has some sort of handle to take in and out, because if it falls, this is not something most people will carry because of its disgust, because of detestment, because it's something most people, once it falls, that's it. Um, nobody will pick it up. Also, we want to go out with um, spicy pepper, or uh, salt, anything that you would put in her mouth for um, breath control. However, this is not something that she is allowed to put in on Shabbat from the, from the get-go. She must put this before Shabbat. Um, and women may go out with the sticks that are in their ears for um, to cover their ears from getting uh, hurt or, or for medicinal purposes. Or, or for style purposes, also with the veils that they would have, or um, any any type of um, uh, head covering, uh, sorry, or the veils that they would use um, for their neck or for their clothing, or radid is the head covering that the woman would put, and they would. What is radida paruf? It's the head covering that she would put, and she would put it around, kind of like um, Little Red Riding Hood. It would go around all the way down to her chin, and she would tie it. But how would they do the perifa? They would put a hard object in between the two cloths and tie the cloth around the hard object to keep the cloth closed. And she may do this perifa on a hard object that is a little stone, or little um, nut and go out. However, it is not proper for the woman to do this in order that so that she'll have a, a, a nut to give to her small child. And also, it is not permitted for her to do this perifa on a coin because the coin is something that she may not hold. It is asul, it is surtil tul, it is muqseh. However, if she already did the perifa for it, she may go out with it. Halachayot gimen. A person may go out with the kisam, the sticks that are in his ear, uh, in his mouth, like kind of like a cavity uh, filling, like a filling. Olden times filling, or that is in his sandal to keep um to so to speak keep his foot more in place. He's allowed to go to public domain with this on the condition that if it falls out, he does not put it back. Also with the cotton or the sponge that is on a cut, as long as he doesn't tie it with the, with the string. Because the strings are of value to him. Therefore, he's going out with something that's of value. But 
they are not directly needed to cover the makkah, to cover the bruise, and therefore it is like is mosiotam l'rshut. Ve'yosib klipat ha'shum of klipat ha'basal sh'ala makkah, and he may go out with the um, uh, peel of uh, onion peel or garlic peel, because they would use this for medicinal purposes, or with the bandage that is on a makkah, on a bruise, the kosheron matiro b'shabat, and they would put all these things on the bruise for medicinal purposes to cover the kosheron matiro b'shabat, and he may tie it and undo it on Shabbat. It is not a kesher shul kaiman, therefore it's mutar, as we studied in uh, chapter 10 or 11. Uv ispelanit umelugmaurti yashar gabayamaka. Also, um, with whatever ointment the person needs and has on his um, on his um, bruise, he may go out. Uv sena shal gabayasinit. Uv besata hargol, uv shen ashual. These three things are. Um, uh, um, uh, things that people used to use uh, for their medicinal properties, um, for their spiritual medicinal properties. Um, one moment. A simit, a selo she'ala simit, is a coin. A sela is a type of coin. Um, and um, they used to believe in those days that this coin helps um cure different um uh you know bruises and cuts may or may not be a placebo effect etc that is not for this forum um also they would use a egg of a grasshopper or the tooth of a fox or the crucifix nail they used to think all these things um have medicinal properties in them, and therefore they would be allowed as long as it is something that in the current times is considered to have medicinal properties, you are allowed to go out with it um, for the medicinal purpose as long as it is part of your clothing or part of your, you know, tied to you very well as, a, as clothing. And anything that the doctors say is, in fact, um, medically um, uh, medically helpful um, and that you put on for medicinal medical purposes is another type of talisman medicinal talisman or amulet that the woman would put on and it would um, so to speak um, uh, uh, stop the woman from losing her um, her uh, pregnancy, um, if a woman was pregnant, then she would not lose her child, or it would prevent th- and prevent things of the such. Or something like that amulet that they would put on, which also was considered to have the same medicinal property of that type of amulet. Not a pregnant woman alone. All women may do it because there's a chance that if she gets impregnated and then um, she might lose her child, um, because she doesn't have it. Again, this is because this was considered medicinally, medically proven to work in those days. And a person may go out with a kamea, that's of a mumhe, in other words, a amulet or a talisman that is mumhe, that is mumhe. Now we will see what it means, kamea mumhe. A kamea mumhe is a kamea that medically helped impacted positively obviously 
three people or um, made by a person that cured three people with his amulet. If somebody went out with a command that is not of a mumhe, he is patun with Panesh Malbush. because he went out with it, Malbush. Also, somebody goes out with the filin is patur. Um, it, it may seem mistakenly um, possible to compare the tefillin with kamayot. These are not two things that are the same. Tefillin is tefillin, a kamayot is a kamayot, but they are both derech malbush, and therefore they are patur. Um, about the the kamea, um I will read what Harambam writes in the Morene Bukhim, um about these kamayot that are mu'alim, not mu'alim. What had Ambam's opinion is on them um, to add to this uh, to these alachot? Um, you know, many people discuss what is Ambam's opinion on kamei etc. So it says, "Be'otam azemanim hashivu b'hem sheochicham manisayon ve'lachen asu mishum refuah." Ambam says in the Morei Nevuchim. Obviously, I, I I would not teach Morei Nevuchim if this was one of the uh, chapters that are not to be taught in public. Um, in those days, Ambam says people used to think that. When that um sorry, the, the usage of these seemed that it worked, and therefore they used them for medicinal purposes. That anything that was medically proven, even if logically it wouldn't seem that these things have any intrinsic curing properties, it is mutar, it is permitted to use them. And this is considered that it was used for medicinal purposes. Rabbam says to be careful with this. Um, and we'll continue. We'll stop with this. Um, we'll not get more deep into the subject. Somebody who has a bruise in his leg. And he cannot, because of his bruise, he cannot go out with two of his shoes, two of his sandals. He may go out with one sandal on his healthy foot, even though if, um, however, if he does not have a bruise on his foot, he may not go out with one sandal. And this is for the very reason that if a person goes out just like that with one sandal, it is not derech. Um, most people do not walk around with one sandal and therefore it is not permitted because the bruise people see that he has a bruise and therefore they understand it is in that manner and then a child may not go out with with shoes of older people because it's not something customary but he may go out with the robe of an older person of a bigger person and a woman may not go out with a not tight shoe and not with a new shoe that she has not gone out with it previously. In other words, a never worn shoe. And a person that is missing a leg may not go out with his um, uh, what we call which is a fake leg, a um, wooden leg. Um, are the masks. They would have masks made out of wood, so to speak, uh, for, you know, whatever reason people wear masks. 
you're not allowed to go out with them on Shabbat because these are not things that are customary to wear. However, if people please mention, they are peturim. A person may go out with a fikarion, a piece of wool, or with the sipa, a wool, another type of cover that is on top of the um, open cuts. In the case that they were properly colored and covered around the cut. Or if he went out with them already during the daytime, so they were used, they were in usage. However, if he did not um, do some sort of form of usage with these things, he may not go out with them on Shabbat. A person may go out with a thick sack a person may go out with a thick sack, a thick sack, or a thick wool blanket, or with another thick uh, uh, These are thick clothing that are used for the rain. However, person may not go out with things that are not customary um, for clothing, even if there is rain. Because these are not things that people wear. Hakarvak um, blankets and pillows. If they were thin like clothing, like the thinness of normal clothing, somebody may walk around with them outside in the public domain like clothing. But if they were hard, a person may not walk with them because they are like masoi, it's like something that he's carrying. And therefore, he's not permitted to walk with them. People may exit with bells that are taught, that are weaved into their clothing. And a slave may go out with this, the um, mud stamp that signifies that he is in fact a slave that is on his neck. However, not with the stamp of of uh, metal, it would be some sort of like stamp that he would have to signify that he's a slave. She may pull baby in because it may fall, and then he would carry it for a mot. Somebody who has a talit on and he folds it and holds it i don't know if any whoever is listening um the yemenites used to uh, the yemenites still today go around in this manner um they would you fold the talit into two and you have it holding it with your hands it's like on top of the forearms okay if he did this just to prevent his talit from getting dirty it is not permitted however if he did it because this was the minhag and shehamakom, because this is how people it was customary for people to walk with their taletot, it is mutar because it is derech malbush. Somebody walks around with a talet folded and put on top of his um, of his shoulder, not derech malbush, 
right? He's holding it like a masoy. He is hayab. However, somebody may go out with the sweater that is on his shoulder. We're talking about a cloth that is on his shoulder. In those days, it was there was a thought in the Talmud, there's a discussion about this, of somebody that would walk around, that they thought it was not permitted to walk around with a cloth on top of the shoulders. It's sort of like a shawl, um, because it could fall off. However, so it was thought that it was a suit. Unless you have uh, something tied, unless you have it tied somehow around the finger to make sure that if it falls, it's still connected to the person. However, even without it being tied, it's muta. Any shawl, like, uh, you know, shoulder cover that does not cover the person's head and um, most of his head, it is not permitted to go out with. Um, this may be for scarves. I've seen those that are oserim from this, that, that um, through this halakha say it is not permitted to wear scarves according to Haram Bam, that unless they cover the head, unless they cover the whole head. Um, and I've seen also those modern-day poskim who say um, it is mutar to wear scarves, even if, they're, if they don't cover, because it's derech malbush of today, um, it is customary to go out with scarves as a form of clothing. Um, but I'm not making pesach al-chal just giving the two shi'ah, the shi'ah. Somebody who had a um, uh, sabnit, a scarf, so it's like a, kind of like a scarf that is not thick, not uh, that is thin and not and not wide. He may um, tie tie it around his shoulders, under his shoulders, and it is like a, a sash, and therefore under his shoulders, like around his chest, and it becomes like a sash, and therefore, he would be allowed to go out with it. It is mutar to go out with a talit that has um, threads coming out of it, even, and we're talking about threads that are not um, necessarily wanted to be there, just threads that are coming out, you know, loose threads, even though they're not part of the noy of the talit, even though they don't make the talit look nice, because they are cancelled in regard to the talit there as though they are not there. And he is not makpid alehen ben hayu ben hayu, the person does not care if they are or not, he does not think about them, so it is as though they are um, cancelled in regard to the talit. Therefore, somebody who goes out with a talit that does not have the proper amount of sasiyot on it is hayaf. So that we know that in order for a talit to be kasher, it needs to have four folded sasiyot on each kanaf, on each corner, which which pan out to be eight. Well, let's say somebody has one that has only three on three corners sasiyot, or has one sasiyot that has only Five strings instead of uh, three strings, three folded strings instead of four folded strings. Mutala said, The person is not allowed to go out with it like that because these strings for him are are mean something, and he's in his mind he's thinking he knows that he has to um, put more strings on this talet. Therefore, it is not that they are cancelled in regard to the talet, but rather they are there as something that he actively thinks about and knows that he has to um, add the sisiot in order to make them kasher, in order to make the talit kasher. 
אבל טלית המסויסת כהלכתה המותר לשאת בה בין ביום בין בלילה אין, however, הטלית that has the proper amount of סיסיות and it's done the correct kosher way, השד way, her people may go out with it from public to private domain, vice versa, day or night, even though night is not the time of סוסית, of היוב סוסית, nevertheless it is מותר, because the סיסיות are בטלין לגבי הטלית, or they are part of the טלית, אז דרך מלבוש. שאין הסוסית גמורה מסוי, אלא הרי היא מנועי הבגד ומתכסיסיו כמו האמירה וכיוסבו, because the סוסית is like a noy, it's like a, a, a decoration for the טלית. ואילו היו חוטי הסוסית שהיא מסויסת כהלכתה המסוי, היה חייב היוסה בה אפילו ביום השבת, שאין מוספת עשה שאין בה הכרת דוחית בשבת. And if the סוסיות were considered מסוי, were considered as though it's something that the person is carrying, even during the day it would be not permitted to go out with the סוסיות. הלכה כ"א. לא יישא החייט בשבת. The tailor may not go out on Shabbat with the needle that is in his clothing, um, even though this is something which he normally goes out with. If for him it's derech malbush, because he has the needle always with him. Also, a carpenter may not go out with the exemplary wood, piece of wood that is above his ear. And not a weaver with the threads that are around his ear. Also, a comber of wood may not go out with a combed wood that is around his neck. All this is to show that they are, all these things are, that, people, that these people are wearing, uh, that these professional, um, professionals are wearing, is to show that they are of that profession, so that people come to them for their professional work. And not a money changer, an exchanger of money with the coin that is on his ear. And not a painter, not a painter with the example of, of paint, of painted cloths on his ear. However, all these people that are professionals in what they do, when they go out with these things, it, it's like a derech malbush for them, so they're peturim if they do it. Even though they went out derech umanuto. Because, even though really they are asurim for what they are doing, what they're doing is not mutar, but they don't take it out like most people take out these things. Most people do not walk around with a, a needle that's stuck in their clothing in the way that the, the tailors do, etc. So therefore, they are pituri. Because we go by what most of the world goes. A zav is a type of tum'ah that comes out of the irva um, uh, of the person, um, and he... In order to count the days of the ziba, or to see that he is, um, uh, in order to in order to get out of this tumah, the person needs to not be zav for a certain amount of time in a row. Or in order to be considered tamezav, he needs to count three days in a row where he sees ziba, or etc. There's different criteria, so he would need to have something in that in the area of the arva um, to make to see whether or not this liquid comes out. And today, this the ziba is. Seen as gonorrhea by many of the uh, modern-day uh, halachists. Um, in any event, this this um, this liquid oozing out would have to be seen. So you'd have to have some sort of cover there in the area. So if somebody walks around with this cover, he is hayav Because on one hand, this pocket that you would put on there in the area um, to see the ziva is only taken out in that way. So you're taking it out. So the condition of Hosea'a is met. 
ואף על פי שאין לו צריך לגוף ההוצאה, אלא כדי שלא יתלכלכו בגדיו, ו-even if he's only doing it to, just to not get it, so his, clothes, so his clothing don't get dirty, שהמלאכה אינה סליחה לגופה חייב עליה, because we said, המלאכה שאינה סליחה לגופה חייב עליה, if, you, if you're doing the מלאכה, even if you don't need the classical usage of that, what that מלאכה, the classical um, thing that that מלאכה usually produces, you're still חייב for the מלאכה. הלכה כ"ג. המוסד תפילין בשבת ברשות הרבים, כסד הרוסי. Somebody who finds תפילין on Shabbat in the public domain, what should he do in order to take this תפילין out of the public domain um, from harm's way? לא בשם כדרכן, he wears them, מניח של ראש בראשו ושל יד בידו ונכנס. He wears first the תפילין של ראש on his head, then the תפילין של יד on his יד. You notice the order here is not put opposite um, arbitrarily, it's put here on purpose like that. And he gets in to the private domain and takes them off where he needs to put them. And he, the person may do this with all the tefillin that he finds in the public domain. In the Rishud Arabim. And if there were many tefillin, many pairs of tefillin, and there were so many tefillin that he couldn't do this, um, you know, just by wearing the tefillin, it would take him too long to go in and out, in and out, until the and Shabbat would finish. So he may wait there with the tefillin, what we call machshich alehen, which is waiting next to something in order to do a melacha with it after Shabbat. And after Shabbat, he may carry these tefillin, all the pairs of tefillin, after Shabbat, and there was no problem. However, if he was in the days of the Shemad, in other words, in days of danger, which you would not want to be caught outside with tefillin, because you may be killed for doing so. You're scared of the goyim, they may, um, you know, harm you if they catch you with tefillin, or protecting tefillin, they'll find out that you're Jewish, so you may just cover them and walk away, and that is enough, because as we said, except, the person was scared to wait with those tefillin until the evening because of the bandits. You know, you, you get stuck in a certain place at night. There may be bandits and it's dangerous. There's pirates and you don't want to be caught there out in dark, out in the dark. The person may, in such a case, take all the tefillin and carry them while walking less than four amot and then stopping. Less than four amot, and then stopping. So you walk with the tefillin, and before you reach your four amot, you stop. And then again, you walk and stop until you reach your machoz hefez, until the person reaches where he needs to be. Or, as we've mentioned in some previous chapter, I think it was chapter 16 or 17, or maybe off on the chapter, you may give it to your friend that is in your four amot, uh, in your four amot's uh, circumference, and then he may give it to his friend, etc., etc., until you reach where the tefillin need to be, and until you reach the outer, the outer yard of the private domain, and then you leave it there. And of course, you may not take it into the from domain to domain, from reshut to reshut, but you leave it as close as you can to your house or to wherever the safe place for this tefillin is. In what case are we? talking are these words 
tefillin do we do this? Do we go to these lengths to protect? Not just stam tefillin. It has to be tefillin that have their leather straps on them. And they're tied, the kesher she tefillin, they're tied the correct tie of tefillin. However, if it's just tefillin with no straps, you may, these may be tefillin, these may not be tefillin, maybe pasun, maybe completely some fake tefillin, you don't know what it is. Um, uh, save them, you don't have to protect them, even though there's a halakha that says you must protect the tefillin that you found in the shkarabim. These, these tefillin you don't have to, because there's a chance that they, might, they may not even be um, proper tefillin, they may be something else. Halakha kafheh. Somebody who finds a Sefer Torah. You wait with the Sefer Torah and protect it until the evening. And in a time of danger, you get up and go. You don't need to You don't need to protect the Sefer Torah. Of course, like the Tefillin, it would be proper to cover it, but Haram Bab doesn't even say that. However, if there was rain and the book may get destroyed, you may cover yourself in the Or. And then, right, you may cover yourself in the leather of the Sefer Torah. And then, as a cloth. Now, I must mention, we mentioned this in the Chod Sefer Torah. The Sefer Torah in their days would have, it would be the scribe. And on the scribe would be a cloth covering the scribe from inside the scribe. From inside the Sefer. And then, it would be like rolled in with the book. So what he's saying, you cover yourself with the leather, and then... And then you cover the leather with the cloth that would usually custom, was customary to cover the leather, and then you enter the house, and it's kind of like uh, it, it's not derech Most people don't walk around covered in sefer Torah, therefore it's patur. And bishata sakana hetiru because it's a sefer Torah, you want to protect the sefer Torah. A tailor may not walk around with an, with, a, with his needle in his hand. And the scribe may not walk around with his kolmos, with his um, quill. They may not do this. Out of Shabbat, right before Shabbat, close to the evening, close to the entrance of Shabbat, because we're scared that they may forget and end up um, taking out from domain to domain. And a person is um, uh, obligated to check his clothing out of Shabbat, right before Shabbat, to see that there's nothing in them that he may, by mistake, walk in and out of domain, in, in from Rashut to Rashut, and then end up being Hayav Hatat for doing such. However, Tefillin are different. You're allowed to go with them even close to um, the entrance of Shabbat. How come? Because there's a hayuv, the person is as well as he's obligated to wear the tef to wear the tefillin. He's also obligated to make sure that when the tefillin are on his head, he's always feeling them and making sure they're on him. He's always touching them and always um, uh, with yirat shamayim, with a special mindset that he knows there's tefillin on him, and therefore there's no, we're not afraid that he may forget them, and therefore he does not have to take them off, even if he's walking very close to Shabbat, because we know that if he has the tefillin. He's most likely not, he's not going to forget them on him. However, if somebody forgot that the tefillin were on him and he went to the shoot rabim, and he remembered that he has tefillin on him, she covers his head, he covers the tefillin until he reaches where he needs to be, and there's no problem of entering in and out of domain with them because it is something that is it's as we said, like the kameout, 
it's patur, and in this case, it's mutar to do it if they're already on him. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen.